What are you listening to? You don't know that the guys are putting I know that. No, this is one that I know. Tom Brady's bordering now on Godlike. You gotta put the bourbon down and go to a doctor. He's What's up, everybody, and welcome to Bump and Run. I'm Pete Colasano, joined, as always, by my tech-savvy friend, Scott Bracey. What's going on, dude? Peter, I apologize. What a fucking (laughs) disaster start here. (laughs) Had a couple couple hiccups. Yeah, one week off, and we don't even know how to do this anymore. (laughs) Really know how to turn on the computer, it seems like. It's unbelievable. So, uh, did you enjoy your week off? Um... Not really. Uh, how about you? <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I had a nice trip. I went to, <coughs> went to Florida. The weirdest thing about going to Florida in the winter is that you forget it's the winter. Like I'm down there and by like 10 o'clock it's 80 degrees and you're like, you forget it's February. <laughs> you know what I mean? And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, can I get used to this or what? Like no right. problem, right? But uh, glad to be home and um, talking about it talking about the Super Bowl we didn't you know I think it was a good thing that we took off last week because I'm sure everybody was hearing like all the generic takes that you get on TV and on radio the same shit for like five straight days um so why don't you why don't we start off with the same shit I guess we'll say like general general takeaway from the Super Bowl yeah Kansas City wins 38-35 I thought both quarterbacks were great very tough both of them banged up down the stretch um you know what's funny about Jalen Hurts too, bro? Like he, his fumble was enormous, like huge. It, it, and and you know what? He's not really even getting killed from it because he played so well. Well, Other there's that, that, and then they also took a ten point lead after that. Yeah, you know, true. it wasn't like. Now, granted, you can look and say it could have been seventeen seven or twenty one seven, but okay, it's fourteen fourteen. But then they then they went and made it twenty four fourteen. Right. So it's not like that was the end of the world. You know what I mean? It's not like that yeah, turned the point. game and then the game was never the same. They they kept rolling after that, frankly, for a while. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, point. the problem was not Jalen Hurts in this game. The problem was clearly the Philly defense, especially in the second half. And and however much of it was Philly defense, I, I would make the argument that I know people, you know, uh, Mahomes gets the MVP and, um, you know, uh, it's all about the quarterback, and and definitely he played so much better in the second half. Had one incompletion, and that was really a ball that he you know threw away on purpose. Um, but this is where I say, like, I have a little bit of different take on this Super Bowl. I really much much more look at this as the Andy Reid Super Bowl, and there was three plays in particular that uh, you know that that showed to be the case. Um, two of them were the same play, just on opposite sides uh, of the formation, and one of them was a special teams play. So I'm I'm going to try to, for the people listening, I'm going to try to make, um, I'm going to try to describe the play as best I can without like showing video. You may not, you may have seen it, but I don't know how well it was described. So there's a play on a goal line, uh, not on a goal line, but like on a five yard line, and a guy comes in motion for Kansas City. Like outside coming in and it's fast motion. So this is important. This is an important point because if it's slow motion, uh, then the shift doesn't. The shift that the defense makes doesn't matter. But this is fast motion. Makes it look like he's going all the way across the formation. And the way that the Eagles rotated, and or way that the Eagles adjusted to it was to rotate the play side, the motion side corner back to safety and have the safety come up on what would be the opposite side where the motion man is going to, which is a very efficient way to adjust to that kind of motion. And the reason you would do that is because what do teams like to do? This is important. This is what you didn't hear uh, on a lot of the TV shows like ESPN and stuff like that. They didn't tell you why, why would Philly do that, okay? Well, here's the reason why Philly would do that. A lot of times what you see teams do is they send that guy, especially down towards the goal line. You don't need a lot of yards here. We just need to get the ball in someone's hands and score. So what you like to do is you send a guy in very fast motion because usually inside the five-yard line, teams are playing man-to-man. So you're going to see a guy sprinting across, a defender sprinting across with that motion man, but he's always behind them because you don't go until the guy goes in motion. So you're always like two steps behind him. 
And then if that guy runs just like a quick little flat route, you're two steps behind him. Mahomes throws him the ball, and boom, he probably scores. It's a very, it's really hard to cover. God forbid you have someone on that side, you know, an offensive receiver on that side, like almost like setting a pick or making it even harder to catch. <laughs> so the way you, the way you adjust to that, you weigh, the way you stop that is you send so the cornerback who's playing kind of playing man on the motion receiver send him back deep to safety and have the safety who's kind of already on that side step up and be ready for that flat route they probably did that because they saw kansas city likes to run that flat route off of the speed motion okay which so kansas city runs that and eagles stop it next play you what we see is a wide open receiver, and we're like, how the hell did he get wide open? What Kansas City did was just put that same guy in fast motion. Philly does that rotation, cornerback to safety, safety up to play side, uh, take that flat right away. But instead, the receiver puts on the brakes, plants his foot in the ground, turns right back around to that side, and goes back on the flat on the on the side he was coming from motion and is wide open why because that corner went black back to play safety they ran a play first it got stopped that was the adjustment touchdown next series philly gets the ball uh kansas city stops him philly has to punt you never see this in the nfl anymore kansas city runs a wall i mean you don't see teams even in high school the high school is like the last level that you see a punt return wall a wall set up on the punt return why? Because in the NFL and now in college also, they don't use like offensive linemen anymore or, or like bigger guys to cover punts. They're using linebackers and and and, and backup safeties. Yes, and, and they're fast. You can't run a wall because those guys get down there too fast for the wall. Kansas City saw something, and they set up a goddamn wall, and they take the ball all the way down what would be their right side sideline, all the way down to again inside the ten yard line. And then they do the exact same thing on the other side. They run speed motion. Philly Philly does that rotation cornerback to safety, safety up to opposite side corner. The play goes nowhere. They run it again with the motion. He jams on the brakes, quick out, and there's nobody there. And I'm like, oh, my God. In like a six-play stretch, a a five-play stretch, Andy Reid won the game. It could have been me throwing that ball. Those guys were beyond open. You never – and you're talking about – one of the best defenses in the league. And, you know, once you get to the players, we say this all the time, you're playing some of the best. And these guys are game planning their balls off, which is probably why, you know, I know I'm rambling on here, but it's why Eagles were doing that defense. But then Kansas City makes the other adjustment. Like, oh, you're going to yeah. do that? This is the brilliance. This is Andy Reid. And that's why, to me, like, I looked at it as like, you're not seeing – you're just seeing Mahomes making plays. And he did. I'm not saying he didn't. But like, like you said, so did Jalen Hurts. It was these small coaching differences that made all the difference in the world and made made them able to win this game. That That's yep. where that's where I was going with this. Yeah, Kansas City line, amazing. You know, you could oh, say they won it. the game too. Isaiah Pacheco, man, real deal. What a steal. You know, we talked about him going into the game. Unbelievable game. Um, yeah, I got lucky with that one. I called that one. I said, you're going to see Pacheco make a, could be a big difference maker in this just, game. Just another weapon in that game. And listen, last one for me. We can move on to what you want to do um, from a fun perspective. Philly's, Philly's got some talent coming back, but they got some major cap issues on the defensive side of the ball. They got some cap issues in general because you're going to have to pay Jalen Hurts. They have about, I think it's nine starters that are going to be potentially free agents. Yeah, and you're a Super Bowl team, so those guys are going to expect to get paid, and you're not going to be able to pay them all. So that's going to play interesting into something you wanted to talk about, which are next year's top five. Um, so um, there was one other thing I wanted to say. What was interesting is that the game started out exactly how you and I both said it would. Uh, Kansas City couldn't keep the ball because you know they were they got some pressure on, and their coverage was good. And Kansas City also never had the ball because right. Philly was running the ball really well. Jalen Hurts was running it well. He was throwing it well. Like, they kept possession of the ball. And what is fascinating, this is what I mean by coaching, that script totally flipped in the second half. Suddenly, the Eagles weren't running the ball. Kansas City was running the ball. And they were doing some play action stuff. I, I Just to me, the, the end, it was, I mean, players have to make plays, okay? 
so that's a that has to be a given. And in any time an NFL team wins a game, that means players made plays. You can't just give me bad players with good coaching and you're going to go win a Super Bowl. Uh-uh. Doesn't work that way. So right. the, the players making plays is a given. That's why a guy like Mahomes gets the MVP. But it was the nah, making adjusts, adjustments in the second half to stop Philly from running a ball so damn effectively. Um, that was the big thing to me. So anyway, yeah, it was fa- game it, if, if nothing else, it was a fascinating game. I mean, this was yeah. a great watch. This was not like no one was disappointed. I will tell you what was funny. I couldn't remember all of my um, all of my prop bets, but I know I hit at least like three of them. Yeah, I, I think I hit one. I um, had one. I had one that was like, well, the Eagles score in every quarter. That was a winner. Let me see. I had first touchdown inside uh, I, six and a half I yards. Down. I didn't write yours down. Yeah, I had first touchdown inside, you know, over and under six and a half yards, and it was under because uh, whoever yep. it was was yeah, it Hertz, the Eagles. Hertz ran it in three times anyway. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah, um, he hit it three times. I definitely hit on the fourth down. Like, will there be over and under one and a half fourth downs? That was definitely. I had over. That oh, yeah, was definitely that was a, a nice winner. One. I, I can't remember what the hell else I had, but anyway, it was a good day for that. It was a lot of fun. Good. Did good, you want to talk about next year a little bit here? Make <coughs> way too early yeah. predictions? Yeah, I have a top five going into 2023 here, sir. Now, we certainly have to qualify this by saying we haven't gotten through free agency. We haven't gone through the draft. This is kind of just what, like, this is what I, the vibe I'm getting off this season yeah, or what I'm expecting feel, next season? The feel. Okay, I'm and with you. Know, you know there's, you know there's going to be a shocker in there that always happens. I might have one of those for you. I might have one of those. I don't think you'd be I'm, terribly surprised by the rest. I'm pretty, I'm pretty chalky, just my order might be a little okay. different for you. At number five, I got the Eagles. Cap, problems, defensive free agents, and age I got for them. Number four, I got the Buffalo Bills. Good team, but they continue to run out of gas late. Oh, wait, who's your five? Eagles. Okay. Four Bills. They, they need a running game. Save Josh Allen. That's a fact. They need Von Miller to stay healthy. Because like, when you said it, when he went down, that changed the whole kind of. Did you hear the rumors this week with Buffalo? Who, who like, the rumors were? Them tra- no. Well, I did hear that, but I don't see that happening. Um, Derek Henry. Because there's always, like, a fire sale going on. And, and what's the Belichick way? Get rid of a guy one year before he's Early. out of his prime, right? Yep. So you yep. get maximum and what, and, value. And, and who did Vrabel play for? Thank you. Number three, I got the Cincinnati Bengals. They kept both coordinators. Nobody making big money yet. And Joe Burrow's elite. Yes. Number two, I got the San Francisco 49ers. Is Woo! it going to be Purdy? Is it going to be Purdy? Is it going to be Lance? The team is stacked around him. Defensive coordinator changed, so we'll see how that goes. But I think they could... I think they'll be fine with that because they're I agree. The, the talent and, on that side of the ball is. Ugh. And number one, dude, I got the Chiefs. All I got to say is read them, Mahomes. Yeah, so I'm, I'll start at the top with that one before I get to anything else. I agree with you 100%. That is as close to Belichick, Brady as there is and maybe yeah. ever was. And as long as those two are together. Andy Reid is not a young guy, but he sure didn't sound like, and you know, he he was asked the following day, like, "What's your future look like?" And he's like, "I'm enjoying myself. I got that guy over there. You know, I'm not even thinking about that." So uh, he sure looks like he's having fun. I don't know if he's a stress-free guy, but he looks relatively stress-free, or at the very least, it looks like he he's learned how to handle the stress of being an NFL coach. And it doesn't hurt that you got. One of the greatest quarterbacks of all time. I will also say this. Andy Reid is now has to be in the top five of greatest coaches of all time. He has to be in the discussion of top five. There's a bunch. There's a handful of them. uh, But the guy has done it at such a high level for so long. It's In in both conferences. It's it's hard to even comprehend how successful he's been. So, yeah, that's my number one. Um, but I'll go back to the I'll go back to number five. My number five is the Rams. I just think I think with all the talk over the last two years of McVeigh kind of packing it in, uh, where there's smoke, there's fire. I don't know how much longer this guy wants to coach or coach the Rams. I don't know. Right. I, I think there's some kind of you know fatigue going on there. With that said, you still have Stafford. You still have some of these guys. I think they make one more run. I think they make one more run in free agency, see what they can do. I think they make one more run coming up this season. And um, and I think the Rams are there at number five. Now, what's interesting, I don't have San Fran in my top five. I agree with every single thing you said. 
I just don't know who their quarterback is. Yeah. And I do worry in the as much as I like Brock Purdy and I like what he did, I think he is limited. And I think you give these defensive coordinators six, seven months to watch that kind of film off of those seven, eight games, whatever it was, and they're going to put some packages together. They're going to force him to do something that he doesn't like to do. So we'll see. I, I'm rooting for him, so I hope it's him doing well. But I, that's the only reason I don't have San Francisco in there. I still think they're maybe the most talented overall team in the whole league. Um, my number four team, you might be a little surprised here. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. I think Detroit, they have more draft capital this year. By the end of this season, they were believing in themselves as much as anybody in the league believed in themselves. For them to go into Green Bay in that last game, on the road, cold, Aaron Rodgers fighting for a playoff position, and win that game, and Jared Goff play well in the cold, one of, if not the best offensive lines in the league, they have a lot of draft capital moving forward. They're still getting draft capital from the Rams for the whole Stafford deal. They've done a really good job over the last two years with the draft yep. and their yep. new GM yep. and head coach. I think there's a lot of momentum there. I could really see them winning that division next year. It wouldn't surprise me at all. In fact, that's kind of what I'm predicting when I say this. Year. Again, this is before anything happens, so we'll see. But I think the Detroit Lions are poised for a really big move last year. It's that that's my like shocker moving forward. Number three, I do have Buffalo. Um, I, for the same reasons that you were saying, there's some things that they have to shore up. It can't just be the Josh Allen show. It ha they have to come up with more. The other side of it is I don't know how, the, how great that defense is. You make a great point. Von Miller going down like fucked them bad. Yeah. Like, that just screwed them bad because that was their one like real specialist on defense that got after that it. Was, that, was, that was their closer, dude. Yeah, because like, it was a bunch of good players. It's, it's a bunch of good players on defense and then this one specialist, you know, yeah. like you said, a closer. And with him gone, it just changed everything. So – Things could have been different for them. Maybe things would have been different against Cincinnati. Maybe things would have been different, you know, whatever, moving forward. Maybe he could have gotten pressure on Patrick Mahomes <laughs> because that's where he struggled when they played um, Tampa that year. So that that hurt them a lot. But until they make some other changes on offense, shore up that offensive line, get a running game for Christ's sake, at least some kind of running game, no good. And Kansas City's still at number one. So. But there is many a slip twixt a cup and a lip. There's much to come in this offseason. We'll be talking about a lot of it. Always the fun stuff. So I like your lion pick. You got no argument, no argument out of me there, sir. You know we'll that. be rooting for that. I know you. We'll both be rooting for it. So yeah, um, it'll be interesting. Uh, you mentioned you wanted to talk about a couple of these new head coaches. We have finally locked down every team with a coach. It's called the Eagles. Eagles. Scrap heap, maybe, whatever you want to say. Eagle farm system. The Arizona Cardinals hired Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator. Right. Great, great year. Really bad Super Bowl. Um, and I think Arizona maybe ran out of options here. I think that had a lot to do with this hiring. We heard multiple sources talking about the fact that their you know, coaches really weren't interested in this job. And you and I both said... It's probably going to end up having to be some younger coach that's looking for his first opportunity. What I will say that was smart, and this is like, I don't necessarily love the idea of hiring defensive coaches in the league as it's set up right now. I like offensive coaches. I think Buffalo is a... a, uh, a, a Exception a, to the rule? Well, no. I think it's a story that tells the problem here. You have a defensive head coach. Oh, and you had a really yeah, hot offensive coordinator, and as soon as you lose that hot offensive coordinator as a to a head coach, you're you don't have the same guy. Whereas if you have an offensive head coach, that relationship with the quarterback stays until that coach gets fired. You know what I mean? With your head offensive play caller, that relationship stays there. Andy Reid, you know, there was Nagy before, there was Bienemy, they're both gone. Nobody cares because Andy Reid is still there with Patrick Mahomes. So whoever uh, Gannon hires as his offensive coordinator, maybe he'll do a great job. 
but then he'll get a head coaching job and now you're searching again and you're stuck. And that yep. is the problem because it all ends up coming down to the coming down to your quarterback. But what I will say was very smart <laughs> by Gannon. All he's been talking about since he got the job is he's buying in totally to Kyler Murray. I don't particularly like Kyler Murray, and I would. But if you're taking this job, that's what you have to do. You're sending the message to him that you're our man. We're with you. You're gonna. You're you're the engine that makes this this bus go, um, which is smart because there's no other way. There's no other way, and it sends a message to the rest of the team saying this is our guy. Uh, jump on board or get the fuck out of here, you know, and to right. free agents. Like, this is what we're doing. Everything we do is going to center around him. We're going to maximize his potential. Um, I think that's smart. I wouldn't want to have to do it, but I just think that's the – if you're going to take this job, that's the smart approach to take. So when I heard that, I'm like, okay, that's some smart psychology right there. I'm already kind of, like, interested to see what happens with this guy. Indianapolis Colts hire Eagles offensive coordinator Shane Steichen. Really good year again. Needs a quarterback, but I don't think it's a bad job. The AFC South stinks. Titans are dumping guys left and right. Oh, my God. Culture, again, they have a lot of talent on defense. Jonathan Taylor can maybe come back healthy. They need another weapon or two. Their offensive line was supposed to be top five in the league. They were awful last year, which which led to a lot of problems. I think um, I don't I don't know that the Colts are as close as you're saying. I might disagree with you on this one. I thought that I, a year ago. I'm not saying close. I'm just saying in a winnable division because well, the division although Jacksonville looks to be now, which is so they funny. Look like, yeah, they look like the king. Yeah. They're the class I, of that I, division. Yeah, but um, they need a quarterback for sure. <laughs> this is a big problem. They need some wide receivers. That offensive line was not good last yeah. year, which is what we both thought was kind of their strength like they were going to be able to run it with a good offensive line um it wasn't that good i'm not sure what's so funny is i think this would have been a, a better hire for arizona like get the yeah. guy in there who's an offensive yeah. coach right away with kyler murray let it but anyway that's not the case um they're they need a quarterback first first and foremost they need a quarterback everything we're hearing out there is they're willing to make moves i mean shit not even everything you're hearing gm flat out said or maybe maybe it was the owner also that we're willing to move up in the draft. We're willing to do what we have to do. That's that was what it was. We're willing to do what we have to do to get a starting quarterback, to get a, you know, not just a one-year, two-year fix, a starting quarterback moving forward. Uh, it all starts with that. So um, let me ask you something. Think Jeff Saturday continues coaching? Now, I don't mean with the Colts. Do you think he wants to stay in coaching, or does he go back into the booth with ESPN? My gut tells me back in the back into the studio. You think anybody else would be interested in him? Like, even as an assistant? No. No, right? I don't either. I don't either. It was an interesting experiment. I wish it would have gone differently, but it didn't. And I think that's probably the end of it. Let I, me ask you something. Yeah. He doesn't blow that Viking game. Does things change? Well, yes, because once you change one thing like that, everything changes. And momentum is a bitch. Yeah. Um, I, don't, I don't know that he's... 34 to nothing or whatever the score is. 30, oh yeah, it was like 34-7, 34-3, whatever the hell oh it was. Oh, my God. That's a rough one, dude. <laughs> I think I said to you at that when we when we went over that game, I think I said to you, in the first half of that game, they're trying to figure out how to how to sign this guy to an extension. Yeah. And by the end of that game, they're like, <laughs> we got to get rid of this guy so that we can find someone who can who can win football wow. games. Wow. That was as bad as it gets. Yeah, that's bad. That was bad as, as, a, as bad as it gets. So, um. Yeah, anyway, that's why I was curious about the Jeff Saturday thing. I think that experience is probably over. Hey, not a head coaching job, but of course there's always controversy around this. And I'm going to add a little something to it that nobody talked about. But Eric Bieniemy did not get a head coaching job again. Um, I thought what was fascinating this week was that LaShawn McCoy, who played for him, uh, not long. He didn't play for him very long. I think it was there one season. Yeah, just the one season. But he played for him, and he's out there saying, I don't know what you're all talking about. He's like, I've seen nothing. I was there, and I've seen nothing that would garner this guy being a head coach. Everybody knows that this offense is because of Andy Reid. End of story. Well, two things there. One, McCoy is an Andy Reid guy with Philly. So? And, and number two... 
there's a reason why this guy, every guy that every time that interviews him says no thanks. Well, that I would that that's part of what I'm saying. I'm like, yeah, the, I love when people say, like, Keyshawn Johnson, who's a brilliant analysis, oh. when he says, well, well, uh, Nagy got a job. Why can't he was doing the same thing as the enemy? And I'm like, yeah, how did that turn out? Oh, that's dude, that, Keyshawn. Keyshawn. That's an is... you're you're making everyone else's point. Everyone's yeah. looking and saying, "Why would you hire someone when it's Andy Reid?" It's not. The you only, know what I'm saying? The only one that worked out was Doug Peterson. Right. And the other thing is, of course, it's like because he's a black coach and they want to get a, a black coach a head coaching job, and I understand that side of it. But he has interviewed with teams that then went on to hire other black coaches. So are they all racist? Are all these teams racist when half of them he's he's interviewed with over over a dozen different teams, over 15 different teams? They're all racist, even though some of them hired blackhead coaches. Isn't it possible? Isn't it just possible that he doesn't interview well and teams are a little leery? Now, I am I am willing to admit that familiarity. I'm not going to it's not racism, but it, familiarity. Like if you're not familiar, I've never been in a room with Eric Bannemi, so I have no idea what his voice even sounds like. But familiarity can absolutely play a part of it. But I'd also I also think, just like coaches talk, GMs talk, and owners talk. And when an owner calls another owner or a GM calls another GM and says, "Hey, did you interview this guy? How did it go? What did you think?" And as he hasn't gotten jobs in multiple spots, I don't know that that phone call goes very well for Eric Bieniemy. Um, so what's interesting, I. Would not have done this if I was him, but I understand why he did it. I understand why he did it. He ends up taking the offensive coordinator slash assistant head coaching job with the Washington Commanders. Um, this is a bold move, and I absolutely applaud him for making the move because he's betting on himself. He's saying, yeah. "I'm gonna, I'm gonna go out and show everybody, and 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 we'll let it ride." The problem is, you're leaving Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. For Ron Rivera and probably Sam like Howell. Sam Howell, that's like yeah. you know. Then it so then he does this, and now the excuses are built in both ways. The reason's going to be built in both ways. See, he couldn't, you know, take a team yeah. and do well, and the other side is going to say, yeah, but now he doesn't have uh, Patrick Mahomes. Well, no shit and no shit. Like no shit to both of those. Like, yeah, he doesn't have the same talent, and no shit, you know, he doesn't have Andy Reid. So, I don't know, would you have done this? Got to think about this for a second. Like, you want to raise your own... I don't, I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind leaving for, uh, to do my own thing and prove myself. That's not... Not, not that one. Okay, That's so you don't game. mind, you don't necessarily hate the idea of leaving to, to, almost, to go set your own I'd path. Almost, no, I don't mind that. I would almost rather him join the guy with the Colts. Or even Arizona. Yeah. Arizona would have been interesting, right? That would have been interesting because that's a defensive coach. Yeah. Or how about joining Frank Wright in Carolina or something like that? Like, I uh, Could have been interesting. Because, uh, you know, a good offensive But see, the, like problem, the problem with I Frank Reich. Right, away from that. Yes, know, that's know, what I was to say. The problem with Frank Reich right. is that he's another offensive guy, and he'll take the he'll take the credit. He had to go somewhere I, with a defensive coordinator. I mean, with a I defensive looked, head coach. I just looked up the enemy's Wikipedia. I thought he was the head coach at Colorado. He was, only, he was only the OC there one year. I thought he was the head coach. Yeah, he was not. He was there for two years. Oh, and, two years. Yeah, you're and right. And right. they went from a bad offense to the second year was a worse offense. Which doesn't, you know, it doesn't bode well. That doesn't, it doesn't look good. Yeah, and then and, and then Andy, uh, Andy Reid hired him. No, was it? No, I guess Andy Reid wasn't there in thirteen, right? Not yet. No, no. So I guess that was who. Was it in Kansas City? Yeah, in thirteen. He got hired right to Kansas City and kept the job. He went right That's to Kansas City, and then and then who Andy Reid. Who was the head coach? No, Damn, it that's wasn't a good question. Herm. It wasn't Herm. Now, Harm was, let's say, Chiefs. That's a good question. Dude, I'm drawing a blank here. Was it Hackett? Paul Hackett? No. I don't want to be here all day, but I really think I can get this, but I don't want to. <laughs> it's not a good podcast when we're not saying anything. No. <laughs> Holy Christ. Who was it? I wouldn't have got this. Who was it? 
Romeo Cronell. Oh, shit. Todd Haley before him. Oof. And then Herm. And then Herm. Wow. Wow. Andy, Andy Reid did hire him in 13, dude. He's been there for Holy 10 years? Dude. Oh, my God. Now, come on. Nine That's years? Right here. 13, yep. Jesus Christ. I didn't I think it was that so we, long, man. Oh, he did hire Beyond Me. That makes sense then. So how many who was his first starting quarterback? It wasn't Alex uh No. What the hell is it? Alex Smith? He couldn't have been. Because he was only there for like two years, right? Year or two years? Oh my god. Is it Elvis Gerback? No. I don't know. We'll have to look <laughs> this up. But, oh my um, god. Anyway, I found that interesting. I thought it was a ballsy move, and I commend him for that, for take for betting on himself. God bless him, and I hope it works out for him. Um, I just think it's really risky. I um, I'll agree with you on this one with where he went. I would have been a little more um judicious with where I go. I don't know. I got a bad Alex feeling Smith. about this. It was Alex Smith? Must have had yep. him for a few years. Made the playoffs like every year, right? Jamal Charles at running back. That guy was a fucking monster for a couple years. Oh. Anyway. Right. Anyway. Um, you mentioned you mentioned Tennessee. I just want to throw this out there. Tyler Lewan got cut. I know. It's only been playing for what, eight years? Eight or nine? It's eight or nine. Yeah, I think nine. Yeah, because he played he played under Brady Hoke at Michigan, and that was a while back. So it's gotta be a hot item, don't you think? I'd have to look up his PFF he's, grade. He's been he's been banged up last two years. Has he, he missed all last year with a neat, with an ACL. He's not sure okay. if he wants to keep going, but really, but he's rehab, so he's like, I think I want to keep going. But listen, somebody's going to take a swing. I mean, of course, I w- I'm, and I'm not just saying this uh, as a fan. I think there's the Jets yeah. are interested in in an offensive tackle, so that would be interesting. Hey, I just want to throw out the idea that. Um, Free agent market for quarterbacks. I mean, the free agent market is heating up in general, but like obviously everybody's trying to get that marquee piece at quarterback. Jets, Saints, Panthers, Houston, Colts, Atlanta. Anybody else I can think of? You know, you can put the Giants on that list because they don't. They technically don't have Daniel Jones. You could put Baltimore on that list because they're. You said, you said Panthers. I said Carolina. Yeah, Lamar Jackson hasn't signed, so like those two teams are also kind of looking. Although they're trying to uh, sign their guys. But you got Aaron Rodgers, Derek Carr, Jimmy G, and it looks like, although he's not a free agent, Tannehill seems to be like right up there with somebody that people are willing to make moves for. Never mind yeah. even like Baker Mayfield, who's, you know, that'll come later. Jameis Winston, that'll come later. That kind of stuff. But you think Sam Darnold's stock rose a little bit? Not enough. Not much. Yeah. Not much. Like, what are you going to, like, nobody's going to invest in him as a starter. That's for sure. No, probably not. Probably you know? not. Although, there's some names out there. Sam well, Howell, yeah, so here's the thing. Here, Desmond uh, Ritter. To wow. your point, you know, there's like seven teams, eight teams that are looking for a quarterback, and there's only like four to fill the spot. So you got to have somebody. And then there's, you know, Stroud and Stroud and Young are probably you starting right away what? with their team. Well, there's that. You got the draft picks. There's a bunch of teams. You know what could be interesting? You bring up San Darnold. It just, just popped in my head. Because I don't, I don't think this team is happy with their backup anymore. Miami might be a good fit for him. Go to Miami, sit there, work with a with a nice offensive mind. What everybody believes is an offensive mind. I know they they're not too happy with Teddy Two Gloves. So, oh my God, what a what a shame. nightmare yeah. that was. Yeah. So to have a backup, a, a you know, a strong backup for two, it might be interesting for him. But he he's he's kind of relegated. Um, Aaron Rodgers came out of his. I don't know what is that a dark dark room four day dark retreat. I know everybody in the jet and Jets kingdom is look wants Aaron Rodgers. I don't get it. Have you not been paying attention? <laughs> not to the player on the field. We know who the player in the field is, but everything else that comes with it. Like why would you why would you want to bring in that chaos? A guy who oh by the way every year talks about retiring. So you want another guy who's only here for a year or less? Or, or two years or less. I, I don't. I don't get that whole thing. What I loved was that once Derek Carr got cut by the Raiders, his first visit was with the Jets. That makes me happy. Second. Oh, after he got caught. After he got yeah, caught. once he yeah, got he, caught. Yeah, yeah. An official visit. Before, yeah, 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 yeah. Official visit. Yeah. Well, listen. I got to be honest with you, bro. 
if I'm the Jets, I don't wait too long here. I, I know. I hear all these people saying you got to wait to see what happens with Aaron Rodgers. I'm like, fuck you. Get right on this Derek Carr thing because if yeah. you wait, you might get neither. You might get Tannehill. Yeah, exactly. Now, I don't think that's as bad a choice as people might. some other people might think, but it's certainly not as good as Derek Carr. I and I love the idea. Derek Henry, I don't love it at all. Yeah, and I think that would end up having to be a trade, at least of some sorts. Um it won't cost you a ton. But not much, not much, but see end. if they give up something. And with Derek Carr, you just sign him. And I'm just saying, man, if you can get... And, listen, and, you, got, and you got more years with Carr. Like, you just know you That's got. what I'm talking about. And you get the issue off the books. And you can yeah. now move forward with your draft yeah. and free agency yep. around yep. what you yep. know you have. No doubt. No doubt. I just... and Because you know Rodgers isn't going to make it easy for anybody. That's what he no. is. No. No. And Green Bay isn't going to just give him away for nothing. Correct. So, like... I don't see what the hesitation here is. If there's hesitation, this is just media talk, so I don't listen to any of these fucks anymore. Um, but don't wait. If if you have if the and I don't think they would. I don't think um, Joe Douglas would. If 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 Derek Carr let them know, hey, let's get this done. I think he would. I don't think he'd say, hey, man, I got to wait for Aaron Rodgers. I think that would be really stupid because then you can end up. First of all, that would put a bad taste in Derek Carr's mouth. And then he says, you know what, screw you. I don't want to do this at all. I'll go somewhere else. I'll go right. to Carolina with Frank Reich instead of being here. Um, although you got better weapons here. You know, and it's New York. And I do agree. I agree with what either Joe Douglas or Robert Sala said to him, which is if you could do it here, if you could bring a championship to New York and to the Jets, you're you're Hall you're a Hall of Famer. Period. It's over. Yeah, you're, you're, yeah, you're you're going to the Hall of Fame. There's there's a statue going up. Yeah, there's it's 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 epic. It's it's legendary. So especially with the Jets being that nobody could do it since Broadway Joe. So I think there's some attraction to that. And we also know that Derek Carr, unlike Aaron Rodgers, can handle the media pressure. Because if you remember, not this past season, but last year with the Gruden and the car wreck that killed somebody and all the shit, it was Derek Carr that held everything together. New coach Bessie Bessanich or whatever to go. All that went on that year, it was Derek Carr that held that ship together and had a really good season on top of it. So, Basaccia, Basaccia, there you go. Um, and then sounds, it, like you're, sounds like you're making Italian pastries. Right? <laughs> yeah, it does. Uh, <laughs> so, I just think this is interesting, and I think teams got to be really, really careful about saying, "I want to wait for this guy, I want to wait for that guy," and it's usually the fans that are saying that. The other interesting thing on the non-free agent side of that is, as I mentioned, Lamar Jackson has not signed. They're probably going to tag him. He's kind of made it known, if you tag me, I'm not playing. It's a contract or trade me, which that for us and what we do here is fascinating as shit. And we'll we'll give us something to talk about every week unless they get it done. My guess is... My guess is Baltimore finds a way to get this done. I, I can't imagine... I can't imagine they would move. Well, there's on from there's this. a lot. Of, I think there's a lot of gray over there because a lot of guys think that he quit on him. I definitely think there's that, but in the end, and Harbaugh is a football guy, like for sure. Like, no, I don't think you, they like that. Believe me, I don't think they like that. But if you but don't like have football, him, like what do you point, got? Pre, yeah, I was gonna say, like to your point ten minutes ago, slim pickings. I think if this was next year, it'd be different. They might say, you know, hey, Chicago, you have the number one pick. Do you want to do a swap? Do you want to take Lamar? We'll take the number one pick plus something else or something like that and get a uh, Caleb Williams or something like that. I could see it. <coughs> but I don't know. I keep, I keep seeing a uh, a trade proposal to the Lions. If I'm the Lions, no thanks. For what? For Lamar Jackson? Yeah. Really? Golf. Yeah. I haven't heard that one at all. That's fascinating. Trade golf. Trade like your, your one of your picks this year and like a second round next year. Yeah, I, I wouldn't. I, don't, I wouldn't do it. I wouldn't do I wouldn't it. Do You're it. set up for a different team. You're not set up for that kind of team. See, nope. Chicago makes a little bit more sense because you just had for the last year and a half, I guess you could say, you've had a Lamar Jackson like quarterback that makes a little more sense. Even Atlanta makes a little sense between having Mariota and um, oh shit, the kid out of Ritter. Cincinnati. Yeah, Ritter. Makes a little sense to pull that off if you can. Um, but I just don't know. Because like, then what are you stuck with? Uh, pro Bowler. <laughs> um, what, the, what the hell is his name? Who was their quarterback at the end of last season? Oh, Tyler Huntley. Tyler, The Pro Bowler Tyler Huntley. Fascinating yeah. one. Unbelievable. So, And then Daniel Jones asking for $45 million. 
Oof. Can you pay him that much? No. I like you know I'm a fan. No, you, you can't, can't pay him pay that much. 45 million, right? No. So what do you say? Hey, go test the markets and see what you can get. But Giants have the same problem too, though. This is what this is always I the know, problem. I, they I don't know, grow I, them on trees. It's what what would the what would be the most you give him? Thirty nine? I don't know that you could even go that high, man. Uh, I think it's gonna I think it's gonna take that though, dude. I, dude, do you know that Deshaun Watson is gonna be twenty six percent of the Cleveland Browns because it's all guaranteed money. Twenty six percent of the salary cap. <laughs> so that's oh why I'm saying, God. like, you're gonna do that with Daniel Jones? Wow. Jesus you're gonna give him Christ. almost forty million? You know, the the one thing that we were bragging about all year with with Dable, he just might he just might be so confident in what he does with quarterbacks that he'll go, listen, I'll go get a guy and then we'll start you know, we'll start building Do you take a you Jimmy know. G? Yeah, like a two year. Do you take a Baker Mayfield guy and then you think like Here's the problem. Baker's Here's... more athletic, so maybe I yeah, maybe. And maybe a little more sturdy. I don't know. Here's the problem that Daniel Jones has that's different than, say, Lamar Jackson, even Jimmy G, Derek Carr, Aaron Rodgers, all these guys. I don't know that the market is too big for him. I don't know that too many teams, if he were to hit the market, but let's make a move for Daniel Jones. Yeah, because the the one thing you don't want to do is bid against yourself. Absolutely. Right. Plus, if you're looking, if you're being smart about it, we're all seeing like, hey, obviously it was Brian Dable that made a difference with Daniel Jones. Uh, Best I can tell, Brian Dable isn't coming in the deal for Daniel Jones. Like, you're going to have to work with him with your guy. So that's risky, man. The guy's had four, three years of mediocre to bad and one year of good, and you're just going to bank all of it on him at 40, 45 million a year. I don't know that you can do that. So I don't know that the market for Daniel Jones is as much as he might think or he might hope. Whereas for the other guys, I think it's big. I think there's. Five, six teams that might be bidding for their car. I feel like there's going to be a crazy trade. I for feel like a quarterback? There's going to be something out of left field. Like, yeah, like, like Lamar Jackson for the Giants. Or something That's like the weird. One. Like, I like, could like something. see something that we haven't even been hearing. Yeah. Hey, do you have in front of you, like, the top, the top 10 picks or something like that? Can you pull that up real quick? Yeah. And yep. then just, I, listen, I hate Nick Wright, but he, made a trade proposition that wasn't the worst idea I ever heard. And while you're looking that up, I'll just throw it out there. He says to tra- send Lamar Jackson to the Chicago Bears for um uh, Justin Fields and their number and the number 1 pick. If you're Chicago, you do that? No. If you're Chicago, you don't do that? I don't think so. Ooh. So Chicago gets Lamar, Lamar Jackson, and they give up their pick and Fields. They give up the number one pick and Fields. No. Hmm. I because I, I don't think I think you got young Lamar Jackson right now. Great I think, athlete. I think they know that Justin Fields stinks. But but Lamar hasn't been healthy the last two years. This is true. This is also problematic in this whole debate. I, yeah, dude, I don't, I wouldn't do that. Guy hasn't finished two seasons in a row, and not just one or two games, like and, five, and, six and games. Now, and now you question how much he loves football, like because he wants his money so bad. I, I'm good, it's dude. Fascinating. Nope. It is okay. so fascinating. Oh my All god. All right, I got, the, I got, I got the draft order for you. Go ahead. Number one Bears. All right, so we already put the kibosh on that trade. Number two Texans. Would you? Okay, would you trade um, so Lamar Jackson to Houston for the number two pick? Uh, what the hell's the other kid? Davis Mills. Davis Mills, uh, and next year's number one. If you're Houston, if you're Houston, do you do that? Do you pull the trigger? If, if I'm Houston, maybe I do that. If you're Baltimore, maybe do you do that? No. No. With the number two pick, you can get Will Levis. You can get oh, C.J. Oh, yeah, Stroud. Yeah, 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 yeah. For both of them, I definitely do that. Yes, 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 yes. Okay. Was, and if you're Houston. If there's you're, so many shit getting thrown around right now. If you're Houston, you probably do it. But not if you're Chicago. Because I think Houston just like. Houston's a mess, dude. <laughs> Who's number three? Cardinals. 
You know, they're stuck with money with Kyler. And they're stuck with Kyler, yeah. Number four, four Colts. Is that a potential yeah. trade partner? Yeah, maybe. Steichen just worked with Hurts. That's an interesting possibility. Give yeah. me two number ones and two number twos. Give me this year and next year's number one and number two. Well, why why are your draft picks getting higher and higher? Getting more and more and more and more. Because you have no player. You have no you have no player yeah. to give back to me. I wouldn't give up. I wouldn't give up. Because no, you still got to sign them too, dude. Abs, of course, to fifty million so a year. <laughs> I, I would give up. I would give up two ones and twos, and I'm still not worried about. Well, here's the thing: why you could give up two number ones and two number twos because those are your most expensive drafted pl drafted players. <coughs> they're still yeah. cheaper than most of your free agent signings, but they're they're your two most expensive. That's number what it's going to take. Number five. Who? Seattle through the Broncos. <laughs> that would suckers. be that would be so interesting. So Geno Smith, this year's number Gino's, one. Geno's another guy we didn't mention. Hey, f do they have two number one picks this year? Seattle? Yeah. Two first-round picks? They got their own, and they got Denver's. Do they have their own? You still have it. Yeah, they have their own. 20. Pick 20. Yep, yep, yep. Two first-round picks and, like, uh, uh, a number two? Was that enough? Does Pete, Pete Carroll want Lamar Jackson, 70-something years old? You're an, You're instantly a winner, though. Um, of course, of course. Look, to your point, this is all assuming that he's healthy and dude. You know. In that division against against the Niners and Rams defensive lines, I don't fucking. Oh, man. I know. All right, here's what I said before: Lions at six. There's no. I would not. Yeah, if, I would, I'm, if I'm I Baltimore, I don't do it. If I'm Detroit, I don't do it. No, because you're Detroit, you stack your team more with more. Yeah, no. You got too much of a mortgage. Seven Raiders. And here's the other thing: in a real sense, uh. Jared Goff is inexpensive right now. You know what I mean? I think he's only like twenty million against a cap, if that. So you could still put a lot of pieces around him right now. Like this year and next year, I think he's actually pretty cheap. If I'm not mistaken, he's pretty cheap. So why would I want to bring in a guy that I have to give fifty million to? Yeah. Cause then I have to start releasing players that I like. Right. So that's a no no for me with Detroit. It's a no. Seven Raiders. Seven Raiders, that's a real <laughs> possibility. But see, then it becomes can can Baltimore. This is where I think the list stops, unless it's a Atlanta at eight or something like that. It is, yeah. Because you, and I'm, it's the Panthers at nine. <laughs> I'm no I'm no longer guaranteed one of those quarterbacks. Right. That's right. the problem. Now the trade with Seattle. If if Seattle gives me both of their number ones, I could package. I can if I'm Baltimore, I can then package both of those and move up to number one with Chicago. Maybe Chicago would move back. If they had two first-round picks, if they're happy yeah. with Justin Fields, you don't need a quarterback. We'll give you the number five pick and whatever Seattle's probably worth somewhere around like 16, something like that, 16, 17. Who's this? Seattle, their first-round pick. 20. 20, okay. So then you get two first-round picks for um, for the number one overall pick. Yeah. You know, maybe I'll throw in a third-round pick or something like that. That's about where it ends, though, because now you're, you're I'm, I'm out of the guaranteed get-a-quarterback position for Baltimore. So that's a problem. Now, they could take one of those picks. Like, if they did a trade with Atlanta, they can take their number one pick and Atlanta's <coughs> number one pick and package that to move up with, with Chicago. But now we're getting crazy. You know, it's funny. Ten, the Eagles have 10. And, you know... No one thought they were going to draft Hurts when they had Wentz. So, like, just crazy shit happens. I know, like that, I know. Man. It's like, yeah. you know. Uh, to me, I'm with you. If there's going to be some crazy trade, I think it probably will will revolve around Lamar Jackson. What's your Tua story? So, you didn't see this. <laughs> Tua, I, if I'm not mistaken, I think he's working with an MMA guy or, like, a jiu-jitsu guy. You're not even going to believe it. You're going to think I'm bullshitting that, you. That, that's going to help his brain? On how to fall. Oh, my God. I know, right? It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing on how to fall and not get hurt. So my my feeling is like on takedowns, if you're an MMA guy, on takedowns, you have to learn to fall in a way where your head, boom, doesn't snap back and hit the ground. You know what I mean? You got to. Oh, my God. This is like so sad. I really like this kid at Alabama, too. He's turning oh into like he's, he's turning a Gumby for crazy. Dude, I'm telling you, three what years ago, it was tank for two. And now it's like, oh. learn how to fall? Learn, I swear on my life, it, learn how to fall. What what team brought in a guy to teach 
had a slide. Remember who was that? <laughs> was it the was it the Eagles it with Wentz? Oh, maybe it was. Holy shit! It might have been the Eagles with Wentz because he was taking all those hits and stuff. <laughs> Jeez, Louise. <laughs> it's just bananas, man. It's just bananas. Anyway, we can move on. Wow. Did you happen to watch all NBA All Star Weekend? <clears throat> so I, I was not around all weekend, so I recorded it. Um, so I give them credit in some way where they're desperate for new juice because what they got going on isn't working. But I don't think this is now either because the Rising Star Mini Tournament was very odd. We're just like getting guys to loosen up and then sit and then play again, and you don't want that. Uh, the skills competition where you're bringing in three guys, the Antetokounmpo brothers, one's in the G League. Like it's all, it's it's a clusterfuck of like because nobody wants to do it. That's that didn't really hit home. Mac McClung, thank God, saved the dunk contest. He was fantastic. But nobody watched live. But no, but nobody watched. Yeah, this is I the problem. Like so this Sunday is the night. problem with the dunk contest. Even is social media. The shit gets posted seconds. Like, literally seconds after it happens, somebody posts it. And it's usually one of these ESPN guys or Fox Sports guys or whoever it is. They post it right away. And it's like, why do I got to watch this bullshit? I'll just watch it on right. my phone or whatever like that. Yeah. Wait till you hear the, the ratings. Wait till I tell you the ratings. I got one more for you. And the game itself? Dude. <laughs> when you got a coach that's coaching the game that says, this is the worst basketball game I've ever seen. Yeah. Wasn't that the Denver coach? Yep, Mr. Malone. This is the worst basketball game I've ever seen. That's mm. problematic. They never used to play, like, hardcore defense, but it would be like a pickup game. Like, when you go down to the park and play a pickup game, nobody's playing, like, you know, Duke Blue Devils smack the floor defense right. here, okay? Right. Right. But right. you're playing some defense. Like, you're kind of trying. This is not even that, dude. It's embarrassing, and it's like... It's awful. It's awful, and it's it's just painful to watch. It's not interesting at all. There's nothing interesting about it. It's barely interesting watching regular season games when they don't play that good a defense then. Like, now you're going to play no defense and want me to watch? Now, did you watch any of it? You're just hearing stuff. Not from, a pinch. So I saw Mac got, McClung's highlights. That's about it. They had guys in the game pulling up from half court. It's ridiculous, dude. Why? What, what is that interesting to anybody? Obviously not. Here's what I got to tell you. The ratings were down 30%. 30 from last year, which were wow. already epically low. This was the lowest rated All-Star game in the history of the All-Star game. It got a four and a half share. Wow. Which means under 5 million people were watching. And as you're listening, if you're wondering, like, well, what's normal? The Super Bowl had 113 million people tune in. 115 when Rihanna was playing. Uh, you got four and a half million people to watch the All-Star game, dude. You get higher ratings with, like, Cincinnati versus Akron college football game. Like Maction on a Wednesday. See, I'm not kidding. Like, you'll get higher ratings with that game than you will with the All-Star game. I, I got I got a I got a serious question. <sighs> At what point do we nick the the, the All Star game? I think you I have mean, to. I mean, it gets I mean, even. It gets even worse. Flag football. Well, that I I didn't hate some of what they did, but it but was dude, all unwatchable. There was an Achilles knees, dude. You're still running. It's around. awful. I, I, it's I, a terrible I, I, idea. Just you know what they should do. You're a Pro Bowler. You get your award, and they don't fucking do anything with it. You get an award, you get, your, you get your bonus check, and then we just put it on your fucking stat line. That's it. The the NBA Commissioner Silver is looking into the possibility of a midseason tournament, and the tournament would include teams that aren't even in the league. Like, how gimmicky are you getting? And even if that were a good thing, which it's not, but even if it was a good thing, it's such a gimmick. It's a one-off situation. Like, what do you get from that? I'm, I'm your league is still sense. boring as shit. That's your, your problem is that load management causes people to lose interest. Your players, it's nothing but a three-point contest anymore. Like, every game is a three-point contest. And that's boring as shit to watch, dude. There, I can do that. 
So if I can do it, I'm not an athlete anymore. Nobody wants to watch me shoot threes. There's no athleticism in the game. Much. <coughs> There's not, it's not fair. There's not as much. This is why a guy like John Morant is becoming the most, uh, you know, most watched player in the league because he still has that. He still plays on that above the rim kind of level. What made the league so interesting for so long was that guys were doing things that we can't do, that the regular guy can't yeah. do. And when I see people shoot, it's just like, well, lots of people can shoot. It's just not impressive to me. Like, it's not fun to watch because I'm not like, holy shit, I can't do that. You know, I always say the one, the thing about watching golf on TV is that you can't really appreciate it until you've played golf. And right. then you watch golf on TV and you're like, oh, my God, these guys are magicians. <laughs> they're not just good. but They're fucking <laughs> magicians. Okay. The problem with the NBA is everything that's done now is kind of like you feel like you can do it, too. If I was just if I had enough practice, I could do it, too. Now, maybe I'm not tall enough, but neither is Steph. And it's like, well, I can kind of do. It's just not impressive enough. It's not wow enough. And so many guys can do the same thing. Now you got guys that are seven feet tall that can do the same thing. You know, Nikola, uh, Nicole, whatever the hell his name is, Jokic. Yeah. Like, the Joker. Yeah. he he He's shooting threes. It's like, well, if centers are now shooting threes, how hard is it? It seems like everybody can do it. There's no special about the NBA anymore. Playoffs are different. Playoffs, you see an intensity pickup, and there's more value in taking it to the rim, getting to the free throw line, you know, dominating inside. It's just different. Um, yeah. But the regular season, it's just it's brutal, and I don't know how you fix that because that's analytics. Analytics say shoot the three. It's a better, it's a higher value shot. Good luck. I think the NBA is in some trouble. And the yeah, other I thing is, I will say, you know, I'll add to the LeBron hate because that's what we usually do. And this doesn't take away from his greatness as an all-time player, but it takes away from his, it takes away from his legacy as a special player. When when um, Magic and Bird came into the league, they elevated the league. The ratings went up. People were more interested. When Michael Jordan came into the league, it elevated the league. So even more people were interested. Women were watching because they were like, we're watching something we've never seen before. When Kobe came into the league and kind of took the torch from Michael Jordan, it elevated the league. He was loved. He would just people love watching Kobe. Like it just became a thing when you take a shot in a pickup game. Kobe, you know what I mean? LeBron has been past the torch and the ratings have never been worse. Right. Uh, we could say it's not his fault. He's a douchebag. You you alienate half the population by what yeah. you say. This is this is what you get. He has shrunk the league. He has shrunk interest in the NBA. And while it is still it still does get great ratings across the the globe, it gets great ratings in China and all that kind of stuff. You see them suck up to the Chinese government, which. That makes even more Americans pissed off. So yeah. there are some problems that the NBA is going to have to deal with, and I don't know how they fix that or if they do. So it's fascinating because if you go back to the pre-Bird Magic era, the NBA didn't even have live games on television. They were they were replaying games after the 11 o'clock news at night. That's how, how low they had sunk. That's how low they had sunk. And and I don't not that I'm saying it's going to get to that, but – they're going to have some problems. They're becoming like a niche a niche sport where it's just a, a, a certain segment of the population likes them and they just don't attract anybody <coughs> else. You know what I'm saying? So I yeah. think there's some trouble there. Anyway, I didn't watch it and I don't feel like I missed much. Nope, nope, nope. 99 in the books, my man. Last chance here. And there better be a jet at the top of this list or I'm going to be pissed. Uh, Mark Gastineau was number seven. Sorry. Oh, I, I got sick. Hell. I got six names for you. Oh my god! My, we need to play taps. This is my last one. Good lord! Number six, Super Bowl champion, nineteen ninety nine Defensive Player of the Year. And again, you can guess whenever you like to, sir. Okay. Nineteen ninety nine Defensive Player of the Year, four time All Pro, seven time Pro Bowler, nineteen nineties and two thousand All Decade team. Ex-Buccaneer and Raider Hall of Fame defensive tackle. Um, Warren Sapp? Yes, sir. Okay. Number five. 2006 Defensive Player of the Year. 2007 Walter Payton Man of the Year. Three-time All-Pro. 
Six-time Pro Bowler. 2000s All-Decade team. Oh, I guess this counts as a Jet. <laughs> Ex-Dolphin in Jet Hall of Fame defensive end. Jason Taylor? Yep. You put him ahead of Gastineau. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Number four. And I don't remember Joe Klecko on the list when you hit 76 or something like that, whatever the hell he is. 73. Going into the Hall of Fame, by the way. Yeah, okay. congratulations. Number four. Three-time Defensive Player of the Year, 2017 Walter Payton Man of the Year. 99. Five-time All-Pro. Five-time Pro Bowler. Two-time Sack Leader. 2010 All-Decade. Future Hall of Famer, just retired a couple months ago. A couple weeks ago. What team? Ex-Texan and Cardinal Defensive End. J.J. Watt? Yes, sir. All right. This I'm, one, I'm doing good today. Number three, four-time All-Star. Two-time Major League Baseball first team, 2017 Rookie of the Year, three-time Silver Slugger, two-time Home Run Champ, single-season AL Home Run King, Ooh, and 2022 MVP Yankees outfielder. Aaron Judge. Number two, Super Bowl champ, three-time Defensive Player of the Year, 2014 Defensive Rookie of the Year, seven-time All-Pro, All nine-time Pro Bowler. 2010 All-Decade, future Hall of Fame Rams defensive tackle. Oh, Aaron Donald. Yes, sir. Oh, my Number God. I'm, I'm almost undefeated here. Here we go. Number one. This goes without saying. Mark Gastineau. Four-time Stanley Cup champion, nine-time Hart Trophy, five-time Lady Bing, two-time Conn Smythe, all-time NHL leader in points, ex-Oiler King Ranger center, nicknamed the Great One. I'm only okay with this because I got them all right. <laughs> Wayne Gretzky. Yes, sir. The great Gretzky. Hot daughter, by the way. Uh, hot wife, too. Well, yeah. Well, you're the guy. Maybe not more. <laughs> yeah. No, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> hey, before I get to my thing, just a reminder, you can catch us on uh, Instagram at Bump and Run Podcast, on Facebook at Bump and Run Sports Podcast, and you can always watch... The, lot, the video of the podcast on YouTube at B&R Clips. Scotty, we're going to play The Price is Right. Wow. So this item <coughs> recently went to auction. Now, before you start saying like millions or something like that, it's not the only one. It's just unique. Uh, factory sealed first generation iPhone. So that means... It's still in a box. It's still in a plastic, unopened, first generation. But it's not the only one in creation. It's not the only one left in the world like that. So don't like go like $4 million. Um, went up for auction. How much do you think it sold for? First generation, sealed in the plastic, in the box, first generation iPhone. How much do you think it goes for? If you come within $5,000, which is a clue, by the way, if you come within $5,000, you win a new car. $75,000. Oh, you just missed. Great friggin' guess, though. $63,000. Very wow. good guess, by the way. Very wow. good guess. $63,000 for a factory sealed, in the box, in the plastic, first generation Jeez. iPhone. Don't even think it would work if you tried to plug it in right now, but... This is collectibles. People love their collectibles. Wow. Things they can hold on and say, "Hey, I got this from history." I guess it's kind of neat if you got sixty-three thousand. Just you got, yeah, around. you got, you got fuck you money, right? Like, yeah, you know. So excellent. Wow. Another one in a book, my man. Great job. Appreciate you it. Too, bud. Um, listen, over the next few weeks, we may be in and out. We'll see how it goes with what's going on in the news. This is one of the slower times of the year. All Star Game just happened. There's no baseball yet. Golf is just starting to heat up. We had a lot of fun. I had a lot of fun watching the Waste Management Phoenix Open, but slower time of the year. So we'll see week to week how we do. But, you know, if, if there's hot news, if there's something going on, we'll certainly be on here. So for, yes, for Scott Bracey, I'm Pete Colasano. You've been listening to Bump and Run, and we'll catch you guys next week. Later.